Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are on episode 108 and glad you're hanging out with us today. Hey, whether you are brand new to speaking and and you're just kind of getting started and just trying to figure it out, or maybe you've been at it for a while, wherever you're at in your speaking journey, we want to make sure that this is the place for you, that this is the place where you can find the help, support, and teaching, training, encouragement, whatever you need, the kick in the pants or the hug to uh, let you know that, hey, what you do matters, the speaking that you do, and the, the difference that you're making. Hey, today we got a great guest for you. Before we get into that, let me quickly remind you if you haven't already, you definitely want to register for one of our upcoming free live trainings where we teach all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So if you haven't already, definitely stop by freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Register for the next one of those. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Okay, today we are talking with my buddy Eric Fisher. Eric runs the uh, the podcast, a huge, wildly successful podcast called Beyond the To-Do List. And uh, so today we'll talk about a couple different things. We'll talk about how to build your business as a speaker while working a full-time job. I know that's where I was at, and I know many of you may be in a similar spot. We'll talk about how to hustle in the margins and find small blocks of time to get your work done. we talk about how to balance work and life while you're trying to work a full-time job, but also how to build a business. And then also we talk about finding community and, and accountability while you're you're building your business. So we dig into that. Hey, one quick note before we get into it. Eric's audio in the beginning was a little bit up and down. So we we tried to level that out as best as possible, but kind of levels out itself as we go. So you you might still hear a little bit of that. But so if you do just hang in there and uh, it it, it levels out. So the joys of technology. Don't you love it? (laughs) That's great. Good. All right, my friends, let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with my buddy, uh, Eric Fisher. Enjoy. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hey, today I'm joined by my good buddy Eric Fisher from Beyond the To-Do List, one of the more popular podcasts out there on the interwebs. If you haven't listened to it, you definitely want to check that out. But I wanted to have Eric on here today because I know for for many of us, we're trying to build this speaking business. We're trying to get started. We're trying to, maybe we're not getting started, but maybe we're just building and growing this this speaking dream. And it just, it takes a lot of time to build something. And so whether that's, again, speaking, or maybe you're working on a book or some type of project, and you're, you're you're trying to you just have a lot going on in life and it's hard to balance it. And so Eric's really good about teaching him on productivity and work-life balance. And so I thought he was definitely someone that uh, we should have on the show to, to kind of talk this through. So Eric, what's up, brother? How are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good, good, man. Well, hey, uh, why don't you first of all, give us a quick nutshell on uh, kind of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. So I have been in the world of podcasting, social media, and productivity, all of the above, since about 2005. Really got rolling with podcasting about 2007. And those are like ancient days. I know, right? Like 10 years ago, more, 11 years ago. It's like dial up for podcasting. 
Right. Yeah. It's back, back in the day where when you'd play your podcast, you'd get the screeches and the, the wonky sounds and all that. Anyways. Yeah. But in that realm for that long. And right now I'm in, I am the social media manager for social media examiner.com. That's hard to say. It is for examiner. I know some social medias. All right. I have screwed that up before. Trust me. That's why I say it slower now. And I'm the host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast, which has been going strong for four years now. Nice. Which is just stinking awesome for me to, to realize sometimes when I say that. So give us the nutshell of what the podcast is about. What do you, what do you cover there? Basically, I have conversations with people every week about how they do awesome work and balance their day job, their their evenings, their mornings, their awesome workloads or or more than awesome workloads. It's, it's all about personal productivity. It's about taking best tips, tricks, practices from these people and realizing that there's no silver bullet. There's no one size fits all. That's why I have different people all the time from all different perspectives and they share their failures, their successes, how they got from failure to success. Had a lot of awesome people, including yourself on the show. And it's just fun and it's interesting. It's entertaining. It's like sitting down as a listener, you get to be a fly on the wall or, or on the coffee table, I should say, of me having coffee with this person and having a conversation about, okay, so you did this awesome work. How the heck did you get that done with all the challenges that come up in regular life to get work done? So let's kind of dig into that because that's kind of where, you know, I started at the beginning, just kind of setting this up of, you know, there's so many people who are going, I want to do this speaking thing. I've done a few speaking things. I want to pursue this this dream and build a business around speaking or use speaking in some way. But the challenge is, is that I, I have to eat and live indoors. And so I have a, a job and I have family and I have responsibilities and I have I just have all this stuff. And so whether again, whether it's building a speaking business or whether it's just building a business in general, it just seems like how do you do that with such limited time? So let's just kind of start there. What's your experience on that? So my experience with that is that I built one, one, actually two different podcasts prior to the one that I'm doing. And actually even that one as well, the most recent one beyond the to-do list in that mentality, in that circumstance, I should say, where you've got all these expectations slash responsibilities for the things you have to do and need to do and want to do. And you got to mix them all together and you got to kind of see, well, which ones are the most important? So obviously paying the bills is very top priority as well as if you have immediate family of a spouse and or kids, you want to make sure you've got enough time spent with them. And to mention the fact that like, like I said, the bills got to get paid. So you probably have this quote unquote day job that you've got to put more than enough time in on so that you feel secure, that they feel secure with you, that the, the, you know, the mutual expectation there of, okay, what's my job description? It's this, okay, I'm fulfilling that. And then some, and vice versa, where they're like, okay, his job is this, and he's checking all the boxes. Great. There's a lot of circumstance that comes up on that. You only have certain amount of hours in the day, you know, a 40 hour a week day job means if you're in that standard, you know, cubicle system like I was, like you punch in at eight, you have an hour for lunch in the middle of the day, you punch out at five and that's your day. And what's great about that, even though, you know, we all <laughs> have seen things way shift towards remote working and even working for yourself and all of that stuff, is that one of the beauties of that is, is you get to leave that stuff there at the job, right. which is kind of nice. I liked having that. I don't have that as much anymore. <laughs> so, Do you feel like it's possible to... 
like to have the best of both worlds, like to have your cake and eat it too, where you like you again, for so many people, they are working a full time job because they do have those responsibilities, but they're also trying to build the thing. Is it possible to build the thing while working on it? Or is it just like you, you can't have both? Like what's, what's been your experience there? Well, you can have both. You just need to be very strategic about what sacrifices you're willing to make. There's only so much time in each day and each week. And so you've got to order those things in priority. So for me, what I would do, so, so I'll tell you the secret of what, how I first got started actually podcasting. It was that my friend and I both worked in the same office and we said, Hey, we want to create, we want to do it badly enough. Here's what we're going to do. We know that we can't work on it during work hours because that's just not, there was a, a rigidity to the work culture there. And, and there's the first thing you maybe need to look at is maybe there's some ways you can flex your time with your workplace if you have a full-time job to where you could come in a little later or and then stay a little later or vice versa, come in a little earlier and get out a little earlier or, or take a longer lunch so that you've got more time. But that's what we did is we would set it up to where we had pre-made lunches. Often it was microwave pizza, not the healthiest of, of lunches, but we would have those ready at his house. We'd have the equipment set up in his spare bedroom with couches and coffee table and mics and everything. And we'd drive to his place at lunch hour sit down, record a show, have the file done, eat our lunch, and then go back to work. Hmm. And only by thinking it through had we perfected that. Now, that's just one option, but it's those, where are those slivers of time or where are those longer slivers or even, where you know, where can you put a wedge in and force the time to be opened up much wider one way or the other, whether it's First thing in the morning, getting up super early, there's tons of people out there, Andy Traub, Jeff Sanders, who will talk to you about how to make that happen. Mm -hmm. There's people where, again, maybe you hustle in the margin in your lunch hour and you sit at your cubicle and you write your book or you write your, you know, your ideas for your speaking gigs then, or you make your calls to contacts about how to get those gigs, et cetera. Like maybe they call you up. So, or again, if you're willing to do this, you drink the coffee after dinner and you stay up after the kids are in bed and even maybe after your spouse is asleep and you do the work there. But no one answer of all those three, by the way, is going to work perfectly for everybody. You're going to have to pick which one of those is going to work best for you. Right, right. And it seems like, I, I guess it seems like the, the almost having some of those time constraints could be viewed almost as a benefit, meaning that What's the law that the you know work expands to the the time allotted? Oh so gosh, I always forget which one that is. I know that there's Pareto's principle, which is that twenty percent of right. your effort is going to yield like, or eighty percent. It's the the eighty twenty rule where, and that's where I would say is where you want to look at is like what's that one thing that like it really moves the needle for you on your project. If it's a podcast, if it's your your writing of a book, if it's your calling and making speaking gigs, or even working up notes or slides for those what is the most impactful piece and when are you most optimally going to be able to work on that? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it the middle of the day before lunch or right after lunch? Is it in the evening? Which one of those times is most fresh for you? And then place that most impactful task of moving that needle for your thing at that time of the day. Do you have any thoughts on how you determine what that 20% 20% is that, that produces the 80% with your time. I think the longer you do it, the better feel you get for it and you know what moves the needle. But especially if you're getting started and just like, I don't even know where the needle is to look to see if what's moving or what's not moving. Does it seem like a lot of it in the beginning is just kind of trying a few different things just to see like what sticks and where, where you're gaining traction? 
Yeah, it really is. It really is a lot of trial and error where you've got to say, of all the things that I need to do to make this thing work, whether it's a timeline for a project or it's just, you know, certain admin tasks that have to be done or, you know, you just, in other words, you got to make, you got to do the homework. You got to sit down and list off. And some people hate lists, but they're your friend. You've got to list them off and see what are all the things that you need to do to make this thing happen. And what's the chronological or even if you don't want to do it chronologically, what's the most impactful order of, you know, doing those things, by the way, it's Parkinson's law that law. Uh, work expands to fill the time available. And so if you allot a certain amount of time for something, then yeah, that task will take that much time. If you say, well, this meeting's going to, we all know this, we've observed this with meetings. If this meeting's set for an hour, then that meeting's going to take an hour. If you set it for a half hour, you'll still get the same amount of stuff done in that meeting, but it'll <laughs> now get done in half an hour. Right. Same thing's true with many, many tasks. And so if you allow yourself half an hour in the morning and, or, you know, or any one of those certain times you say, this is that one thing that I'm going to do in this time. And you know that it, it could take longer. You may be able to get it done quicker by saying, this is the time I have for it. And I'm going to finish it before I get up from this. But to go back to what you were talking about. Yeah. I think that it's going to be trial and error to figure out which of the tasks are the most impactful. And I think you're going to have to just do it. It's kind of like working out. You change it up. And one of the things you're going to be like, oh, that was really easy and cool. Another one's going to like bust your butt because it hurts so much, but that's the one that was the most impactful. Does that mean you want to do that every time? No, it's, it's probably going to be a scenario where you're going to have to do intervals and like today's leg day, today's admin day, today's, you see what I'm saying? Where right. you got to switch it up anyway. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I think that's a great analogy with the weights. I started about a little over a year ago or so going to a, um, a local gym and um, it's this men's strength training class. I went with a buddy and it's just six or seven guys that just do weights. None of us are like jacked or ripped in any way, but just trying to like not cry when we look at ourselves in the mirror basically is the goal. <laughs> And so I have like never done weights. I know squat. I know absolutely. I know squat about it. Uh, I literally know nothing about it. And so I remember the first few times I'd go there, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. And so it helped to have someone like kind of like show me like proper form and then do this and, you know, do it this way and, and just do these certain exercises. But now like I, I feel a lot more comfortable with it. But even now we kind of joke amongst ourselves that when we're doing some type of weight, whether again, that, that's a bench press or a, a squat or a deadlift or whatever the, the exercise or the form may be, that if it feels easy, then we kind of like joke with each other, like we'll put some weight on it, you know? And so it's kind of, if you're doing something and, and it's super, super easy and uh, then it's like, maybe, maybe we need to put some weight on it to figure out what that point is that that's going to actually make a difference. Cause if you're just doing the same weight every single time, you're not really making any progress. So I like what you're saying there of, of maybe trying a couple different things to see where you're gaining some traction. But I think especially whenever it comes to building a business or in this case, you know, finding and booking speaking engagements, you know, a lot of it comes down to what's going to actually help you get a speaking gig, meaning that, well, I'm going to spend a lot more time crafting my latest tweet, or I'm going to work on this motivational YouTube video and hope that that works. Or I'm going to write this blog post. Oftentimes those things don't lead to speaking engagement. So figuring out what the kind of the end result is and kind of reverse engineering from there of what the goal is that you're trying to accomplish. And then uh, just trying to figure out what are the steps I need to make to take to actually get there versus kind of like just dancing around or doing stuff that's easy. No, no, put some weight on it and do the actual work that's going to move the needle for you. 
Totally. And, and the other thing that you just made me think of when you're talking about, you know, getting together with a bunch of guys to do the lifting and stuff is one of the reasons that that podcast scenario that I was talking about where I went with my friend to, to his house, that it worked, it was successful was because it was just not all on me or all on him. It was a partnership. It was a, it was a camaraderie, even though, I mean, and in that instance, we were both working on the same thing, but I can give you an, another scenario where this, this accountability, this mutual spurring each other on thing helps with this is I remote work. I have a friend locally who also does remote work. We don't work on the same stuff, but we would designate like a Monday for a long time earlier this year where we'd go at about 9 a.m. to this coffee shop, had a nice atmosphere, ambience, all that, and we'd be, stay there till about four. And what we would do is we would do almost that interval type thing that, uh, or a Pomodoro method, if you've heard of that, mm -hmm. where it's like you set a timer for about 20 minutes and you try and complete one thing, and then we'd take a break. And then we'd talk, you know, hey, latest Star Wars movie, or, you know, mm -hmm. this, that, or the other. And it was this really cool, like, hey, I'm getting stuff done, you're getting stuff done, we're not alone in an office at home, we're out in the world, we're with somebody that we know is also working, we spur each other on, we get to then take a break and have water cooler time, it's really fun and cool. So that might be something else as an option out there is to maybe you need to say, okay, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to make a couple calls, or I'm going to send these emails, and then we can talk again or something. And just having that group of, you know, having that team, that even if you're not all on the same tasks, or even in the same business, you're a team helping each other move forward together. Yeah, I think that makes a huge difference for sure. Uh, feeling like I'm not alone, I'm not on this island. Because being an entrepreneur, being a speaker can be very, very isolating and can be, be very, very lonely. And you're just kind of kind of doing your own thing and you're kind of wondering like, am I making progress? Is anybody else feeling like this? I'm feeling the you know, the, the highs and the lows of the emotions of, of just trying to do your own thing and to figure it out and to make it work. So having other people to go on that journey with makes a huge, huge difference. I know for us, two things. One, within the Speaker Lab community, we actually have a, a thing called the Speaker Lab community that's a, kind of a mastermind community that people can check out. And it's basically, we have a kind of a private Facebook group there, but then we also do weekly office hours calls where every single week we're on there for an hour just answering people's questions and just helping where, where you get stuck and you just need some outside feedback and support. So I know that's made a lot of difference for speakers, but for myself personally... I've been in a mastermind group for uh, about two years now with a, the same group of guys. Uh, and it's made a massive difference of, again, just kind of having some people to share ideas with and to share wins and losses and struggles and insecurities and doubts and questions and all that stuff. It just helps to have other people around you who are on the journey who can kind of uh, help you along the way. Yeah, totally. One other thing, I mean, we're talking, since we're kind of going here with relationships in that scenario that I was talking about, about figuring out, you know, not just what's the best stuff to be working on or the best time of day to be working on it. It requires to you to also, again, approach who it is you have these responsibilities to or expectations from, including yourself. What expectations do you have of yourself? But you've got to have those conversations with your employer or with your spouse and or with your kids, although they may not totally understand, but you can kind of have a conversation with them, engage there. Hey, when daddy's working late at night and I'm not here, how does that make you feel? Kind of conversations, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, by having those conversations, you'll start to gauge what they are okay with with you in terms of flexing things one way or the other, or even into the weekends. Like it may, some people, they may not be able to handle, uh, they may need to have a regular routine all week and have that one chunk of time where they've got to deal with their spouse saying, okay, I'm going to get up at about 
you know, six or 7am on Saturday and I'm going to work till noon. I'll be home from lunch. And then I'm with, I'm, then I'm all yours the rest of the weekend. And that may be another scenario that works. Right. And sounds like a lot of it comes down to just kind of thinking ahead on it and planning on it so that when you have, like you said, those, I've got 30 minutes here, I've got, you know, an hour here, I've got two hours this morning and those type of moments. Oftentimes I think what, what happens is that we get to those moments like, ah, man, there's something I could be doing right now, but I don't, I don't know what I what that is, and I haven't really thought that through. So it sounds like a lot of it's just kind of planning ahead. If I'm going to move the the business forward, if I'm going to move the needle, what is that that twenty percent that's going to produce the eighty percent? If I can kind of map that out and then kind of prioritize that, figure out which things are going to take the most time versus which things are going to take the least amount of time, then that way when those when those periods of time pop up, then I know I, I I've already thought it through ahead of time. So it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like in school when we do the what, like fire drills or tornado drills or whatever, the different types of drills, like you're just thinking those things through before you get in those scenarios. So when you get in those scenarios and like you, you just, you kind of execute on what you already planned out. Yeah, totally. You're like prepped and ready to go when it comes time. Like it's, it's muscle memory. You're ready to go and, and hit it hard when the time is appropriate. And if you're like me, you're not going to be, <laughs> you know, sitting in your cubicle or your day job thinking about your day job the entire time. Once in a while, you're going to come across something because your brain's always active and your brain's going to be thinking about that other thing you want to be doing. And so it's great to have some sort of capture mechanism like Evernote where you open it up on your phone real quick or even your desktop and you just type in that idea so that you're capturing those ideas for future, you know, assessment. Or, or prioritization or, or even, you know, again, assessment towards, is this something I should be thinking about now? Or is this something for down the future? In fact, this actually gets into something else when it comes to that planning times of days and days of weeks that you're going to work on your, your side thing or this project that you want to get off the ground or, or grow bigger than it already, that you've already grown it to, is this idea of sometimes this comes in seasons where it's not about pushing something. There's always something to be said for consistency and doing something day in, day out and getting it moved forward a little bit more every day. But there's also something to be said for a definitive or finite amount of, okay, where's the line? Where's the finish line to stop this? You know, you wouldn't run a marathon that doesn't have any kind of designated stopping point. You kind of need to know how far it is you're going to go so that you know you can you can, even though you think you're killing yourself halfway through or even three fourths of the way through that as you get closer, you know, okay, I can make it to that end goal. And so that may be seasonality. It may be, okay, I've allotted this month or these two months and I've negotiated, you know, I'm going to be gone all day Saturday or something with somebody or for this amount of time, I'm going to get up early and then I'm going to let myself sleep in the rest of, you know, the Christmas holiday or something like that. Right, right. I think that's a great that's a great point of just knowing that sometimes it is going to be busier than others. And so it may mean that, you know, for the next several weeks or months, as you're kind of working on this one particular project to get the ball rolling within your, your speaking business, that it's just going to be busy. You're just going to have a lot going on, but also recognizing that it's not always going to be like that. I, I know for me personally, whenever I when I was starting my speaking business, that I felt like I was working two full-time jobs at times because I felt like I'm working my normal full-time job just to 
again, pay the bills and eat and live indoors and provide for my family. But then I'm also, I'm still, I was starting to do a lot more traveling. I was starting to do more speaking. Plus you're also trying to not only do this speaking gig, but try to find and book the next speaking gig as well. So it just felt like I was working constantly, but at the same time, it was also recognizing that I felt like I was working towards something and that I knew it wouldn't always be like this. But it seems like for a little while, like you said, you're kind of hustling in the margins there, but you're finding every possible margin that you can in order to to hustle and, and try to, to move the ball forward in your business. Totally. Yeah. And, and again, it really helps to not just for your own sanity, but for those people around you who are probably getting a little bit shorter end of the stick sometimes, unless you've got this magic, you know, circumstance where you can hustle in the margins and it doesn't affect them at all. And that is quite possible by the way, but it, it just know that like you're going to be expending extra energy more so than if you just were going from your day-to-day, you know, your day job and then spending time with your family and stuff. So let's dig into that for a second because we've touched on that a time or two here. But when you're building your your business, and again, whether that's speaking or otherwise, that it does feel like you're just, the reality is you're just working a lot. So it may mean that you're working nights. It may mean you're working mornings. It may mean you're working a little on the weekends, lunchtime. Uh, you're just, there's a lot happening. While you're building something, how do you balance that hustle, that drive, but also... Like I want my family to still like me and I want I want yes. them to still know like like who's this strange man that comes in our house from time to time? Like I want them to like still know who I am. So how do you balance that? Well, the balance there, again, it, it really comes down to those having those conversations up front before you start entering into the actual working on the thing. Because You'll probably, if you just start working, it's like, hey, honey, I'm just gonna start, I'm gonna get up early tomorrow and work on this thing. Okay. Hey, by the way, I'm also going to work late tonight after the kids are asleep. Okay. Like you just start doing that. And even if you yourself are not conscious of how much extra time you start putting in and how much more tired or irritable you're going to get, you'll hear about it later. Trust me. And uh, so it really does, again, come down to having those conversations ahead of time to where you're, you're breaking that, that, that out. In fact, that's one of the things that I was talking to you about, I think, when it came down to, you know, you're always on these speaking gigs. So how do you then, when you're gone for travel time there, the event, and then travel time back, how do you help your kids and your family accommodate that dad's gone so much? Right, right. You know? Yeah. And, well, and, and to speak to that, I think, I think one of the important things is, like you said, you're, you're communicating up front, but you're also every individual, every couple, every family has those limits. And so sometimes you don't necessarily know what those limits are until you you start to push that, those boundaries. And I'll give you what I'll give you an example of what I mean. Like in terms of the number of speaking engagements that you might do in a year, there's some speakers that were like, hey, for for my family and my situation, I don't want to do any more than, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 events, which is great. And I know some speakers who are married with families and they do 100, 150 days a year. And that's kind of the nature of the, their businesses. And so those are different dynamics and those are different relationships. But again, some of that is you just have to kind of figure out what, what makes sense for you, what makes sense for your family, for your, your marriage or your relationship. And so again, some of that you you don't know until you get there. But once you start to get there, 
it's super important to have that communication and to 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 recognize like hey you're gone constantly or you're working on this constantly and that's great and I'm excited for you but like we're the rest of your family's over here dying and we like we need mom back we need dad back we need we need you as part of the family so I think you're right that a lot of it's having those conversations not only up front but just throughout the process of hey I'm working a lot does it I feel like I'm working a lot. Does it feel like that to you or I'm just trying to like keep your hand on the pulse of how everybody else is reacting to it? Yeah, totally. And and that's a key there that you said, which is keeping your hand on the pulse, because even if you have those upfront conversations and then start entering into the schedule that you've agreed on, you may then suddenly realize, oh, this isn't working in this place or this other area. How do we then adjust without just suddenly having a blow up? Right, right. What are your thoughts on this? So if I'm building a business and my spouse is on board, but at the same time they're like, I don't, you know, I don't want you to to die in the process here and I don't want to hate you in the process. Is there a point where it's like I'm chasing this dream but I'm not making any traction and I feel like I need to push a little bit more to get there or I need to give up? Like how do you know when's the I don't know, maybe some of it's kind of like a you know, uh, Seth Godin's book, The Dip. Uh, That's exactly when, where I was going to go with that. Yeah. yeah like when, it, when do you know when you're at that point? It's going to be circumstantial. I mean, there is no easy way to know that. Again, it's another one of those times where it's like, hey, this seems to be working or it seems to be working enough, but th- there's this place I want to get to with it. Do I, you, you have conversations with those that are intimately involved with you, those that are in that you have as counsel, whether that's mastermind groups or people that are advisors to you, and you you talk with them and you get their advice and their counsel, and you some and some of them will say, it, it seems like you've gotten to this point. Is this a good enough point? Are you willing to stay at this point, or is that next step the thing you really want? And if so, then maybe you need to go ahead and say, well, what's it take to get to that? Is it worth that to you? If so, go for it. If not, maybe go for it anyway, just to see, you know, maybe, maybe you're at the cusp, maybe you're at that inflection point Mm -hmm. where pushing just that little extra, again, the Pareto principle, maybe it's that one more percent that then busts through and makes it super productive and super, you know, the ROI, the return on investment of what you've already built up behind you and where you're at now, you're just, you're at the top of the hill. Go that little extra so you can start sliding down and getting all the benefits. And it seems like a lot of it is just being self-aware. You know what I mean? Like like recognizing, I haven't seen the results I expected yet, but I feel like at least I'm on the right track and I'm doing the right things. And, and with a little bit more effort, I'm going to get there versus feeling like I've been working and working and working and I'm just spinning my wheels and I don't feel like I'm making any progress and I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm not real confident I'm, I'm going to. Um, it seems like just being self-aware of that and kind of recognizing because I think there, every entrepreneur, every speaker, every person's going to deal with the doubts and the insecurities and the questions that just creep up in, in our minds. I know I personally still deal with that stuff, but I also still feel like, no, no, I, I know if I stick with this, it's going to work, but I, I have to be willing to stick with it. So it, it is kind of that having that, that self-awareness. Totally. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. It, it, having that awareness, it's key. Eric, any final words of wisdom as we kind of wrap up here for, again, people that are listening like, all right, I'm trying to build this thing. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. I 
think I can do this, but I'm also just um, I have a lot of responsibilities and life is happening and I'm trying to I'm trying to hustle in the margin. So give us one final kick in the pants. I will say this. There's that one, you can do it. Two, it may not be right now. There are a lot of people out there who (laughs) hit 40 and 50 and didn't start doing the thing that they're most known for until then. That doesn't mean that all the work you're doing right now towards that is wasted. It builds character. It builds credibility. And it's you working out you on your way there. Yeah. Very well said. I like that. Good stuff. Hey, Erica, again, if people want to find out uh, more about you and what you're up to, where where can we go? Best place is just head on over to beyondthetodolist.com. Awesome. We'll be sure and uh, link up to that in the show notes. So, Eric, appreciate the time, buddy. Always enjoy chatting with you. Thank you. Great talking with you, man. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Eric Fisher from Beyond the To-Do List. Another great podcast you definitely want to check out. Also, if you haven't already, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Just hit this magical subscribe button wherever you listen to this show. And then we'd love it if you actually left us a a rating and review. That's always helps the show a ton, helps people to find out about the show. So uh, definitely stop by in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And uh, we really appreciate that. That really helps us out. All right, that wraps up episode 108. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. Thank you.